Here's the snap, four-man rush. Firing downfield, and got a man! Rock and roll! Touchdown, Texans! Game day is every day. Yeah, nice ball, nice ball! Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Here's a sack! Wow, he's bringing down the cornerback. Now, it's Texans All Access. Welcome into Texans All Access on a Tuesday. Mark Vinner and DP City along with you once again. Just wrapped up an hour with Traymond Smith. And I had a chance to catch up with Traymond Mark last week. Mm-hmm. He's great. He's great. He's and great. We'll, and we'll get to have him next year, too. With so the, the video extension. we did should be out soon if it's not already. And, it, you know, when you see his facial expressions, it's really good to go along <laughs> with the audio. I hope it, I hope it came across okay. Uh, but uh, you'll see that soon enough on YouTube and Texans website and the app and everything you'll get to see his boys in the hood shirt as well and uh, really happy for just the contract extension and his Mm -hmm. journey Uh, in my deep slant we talked about what what 2019 was like for him because he bounced around with three different teams and he signed a four-year contract with KC when he was drafted by them so he said I thought I was just going to stay with this team I was going to play with them for a while and then he definitely went through his ups and downs of, you know, am I going to make it in this league and what's this going to be like? Four different so, teams. Yeah, and he actually, we didn't even get into this with him earlier, but I asked him because I heard Nick Casario say this and I heard, uh, I want to say one of the coaches, maybe it was Frank Ross say this as well, that he has improved from the time that he got here. And he said mm. that he, like much like he's done in the past, but even here, he's been coming early, staying late, right. working a little extra. Like, he knows what he needs to do to stick yep. with a team. So, good for him. Good for him for signing here. And uh, you should uh, definitely check out his Instagram for Louis T, his French Bulldog, who's very well-dressed. So. See, I don't follow all the players on IG. I follow them on Twitter, and mm. that's a big mistake to not also seek them out on Instagram. Yeah. And I, Some of them, but not all of them. And I just, I guess I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram. You know, I, think, I, I go to stories sometimes and just, yeah. like, roll through those. I'll roll through, like, four of them, and then I'm, you know, I'm good. I do a deep dive into their Instagram before I interview them. But also when Smart. we sign when we sign players, mm-hmm. I did that Get to Know series because we signed so many players this offseason. And I just feel like you can read the stats about a player, but you mm-hmm. get a sense of who they are when you go through their Instagram. On Twitter, I feel like people just either retweet stuff or they like stuff or they may reply to Whatever's going on in the news cycle. No, you're right. Sports, you're right. I'm, it's not really about them as much as them weighing in on the conversation. It's a, it's a good point because Twitter, you know, a lot of us in the media think that Twitter is everything, and it's really not. It's it's a small percentage of the social media pie. When you look at Instagram, Facebook, well, Snapchat is come and go, right? TikTok. It's, I can't. TikTok I mean, is huge, I cannot, but I yeah, don't, I cannot get into TikTok because I spend too much time on social media. Well, things. I knew that it was bad news when my kid said, "Dad, I had to delete it," and he's fifteen. <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, it's that addictive that my own teenage son? Look, I've had enough. Took it upon himself to delete it. All right. Well, I'm the, not getting on there. The best of TikTok ends up on Instagram anyway. And it then does, you, and then you go down a wormhole. So it I don't, I don't need a bigger wormhole. It ends up on Twitter too. They retweet videos, right. TikTok videos on Twitter. Right. All right. Well, the Texans they're back on the road on Sunday versus the Jaguars. Both teams two and eleven. I had a chance to catch up with JP Shadrick yeah. uh, earlier this morning. I mean, it's been a rough season for both of these teams, but the Jaguars are coming off a twenty to nothing shutout which I did not realize was their first shutout since October of 2009. What? 
I thought the Jaguars have not been shut out since 2009 in you, all the seasons they've had that have been bad. You know, the first shutout in Texans history that was levied upon an opponent, not the first time the Texans were shut out, was against Jacksonville. Ooh. Yeah, in 2004, it was the second to last week of the season, and the Texans beat Jacksonville in North Florida on a 40-degree windy day. Mm. 40 degrees, and it was blowing 20, 25 miles per hour out of the north, meaning it was cold because that's really freezing already 40 degrees in north florida and windy and spritzy and precipitation and all that stuff that reminds me of uh 2013 playing in jacksonville thursday night football it was kind of cold and it was rainy. a little bit but it wasn't as bad as the night i'm it wasn't, describing or the day i'm describing. it wasn't that windy yeah it maybe it was worse windy. because gary kubiak got fired that was what back. was cold about that <laughs> night. Bearded Shab comes into the game. <laughs> you were <laughs> you were briefly excited about Bearded Shab. You thought bearded the beard Schaub. would help. <laughs> it's going to change everything. It's going to change the world. Ah, uh, yes, 2013. Well, both teams now looking for a win. And uh, the Texans, they're going to have to do so with a very interesting group of running backs. So let's get into hot reads. The lack of the running game. I actually wrote a story about this on HoustonTexans.com. The lack of the running game. Um, you know, it's... It's it's tough sledding right now. <laughs> it's real. It's real. I mean, the run game is already struggling, but you get you get David Johnson back off of uh, the reserve COVID list, but you really mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen with Rex Burkhead for Sunday's game. And I don't know, you want to put this through the Cully translator when he said he's day-to-day, he's in the building, he says he's fine, but I don't think so. I'm he said, I don't think so. He said he doesn't. I mean, he, I'm paraphrasing. Listen, but he basically said, Rex thinks he's fine. Groin injury. Look, Rex will play hip. through anything. It, it was a groin during the game, and then yesterday, it Coley turned into a hip. hip. <laughs> it, it, it moved. It's, mo- it's spreading. The injury is moving good. around the body. Never good. Listen, uh, I'm not optimistic, but you never know, right? And he looked, listen, 3.5 yards per carry is nothing to write Sports Center about, okay? But. <laughs> no. It, for this team, and I hate to be this way, but for this team, okay, I'll take it because it's been that bad. It's been that difficult to run the football. So Rex in the first half had a few pops. Well, that sounds like he's been drinking. Rex had a few nice runs, and you thought, okay, there's just enough there to keep it going. You're down 16-13 at the half. Can you keep the ground game going to the point where maybe you get, maybe you start to wear them down? How about that for a change? Yeah, Let's wear nice. the opponent down because they give up a lot of yards. Didn't work out that way of all, at all. You had to go with Royce Freeman the rest of the way. It's not all his fault, but the ground game just hasn't been there all season long for the Texans in any sort of consistent way. A run here, a run there. Jacksonville was the best game they had, right? right. But Ingram was here, and Philip Lindsay scored in that game, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a very different situation. This is going to be difficult. Yeah, and Scotty Phillips, who I think we were sort of waiting after that Indianapolis yep. game, might come back. He is eligible to come off of IR, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen uh. this week. So, you know, that's that's a guy everyone was really excited about in training camp, and he's just – I mean, the team could really use a guy like Scotty oh, yeah. Phillips right now because maybe I feel like that would be the true test of, you know, if a different guy can get in there and see something different and the mm-hmm. run game gets going, and then it takes a lot of pressure off of the O-line, takes pressure off of Davis Mills, and then you feel like, okay, we can open up the playbook a little bit more. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. I don't know. Are we going to ha- see halfback Jordan Aikens again on Sunday? Tremont Smith. We might. Oh, Yeah. Uh, you know, he dropped that nugget so casually when I interviewed him last week. I'm glad that you brought that up because I I just wonder if why not. Oh, Jeff Driscoll. How about Jeff Driscoll? Well, I mean, he told are we you getting... why not. Pass protection. 
He told you <laughs> is why Is that not. important? It's important. Is that important? Because if you have a guy like Tremont Smith, I'm just, we're just playing now, right? Right. If you have a guy who's obviously not a running back in the backfield, you're thinking, well, they're obviously running it, right? They have to be running the he's football. Because he's not. He's, gonna they're not going to drop back and let yeah. him pick up the blitzer. They're not crazy. That's what the opponent is thinking. Mm-hmm. So the Driscoll thing, I would love to see. He was active last Sunday. So I said to Johnny and Andre, we're going to see the wild Driscoll. I, I the Driscoll we cat. Well, we had every single tight end possible active for the first time all year. We have all the tight ends were active. Interesting. All of them. I know. But it didn't really change much uh, as far as them being active. I didn't feel like Jordan Aikens got any more targets or Farrell Brown got any more targets. Bre- Brevin Jordan seems to be the guy now. Maybe they were terrified that if Davis Mills got hurt and Tyrod, his wrist isn't good enough to play, maybe they needed Driscoll as the emergency guy because they didn't want to go to Brandon Cooks or Tremont Smith to play emergency quarterback. <laughs> Not Titus Howard either? Not Titus Howard. <laughs> Although, <laughs> sign me up for that. Maybe for I- a player or two. <laughs> He, he throws passes sometimes pre-practice. And last Friday we were in the bowl and he was just throwing the ball around with the O-linemen. They were all oh. practicing. And it's so it's really fun to watch Titus Howard throw the ball. Oh, he's an athlete. It looks effortless. It reminds me of when DJ Reader used to chuck it around because he yeah. was a pitcher <laughs> and he could really spin the ball. Andre, we were down on the field once, and this is way in the pregame. We were on the road somewhere. And he's looking at DJ Reader throw the football, and he said, you know what? He can really spin the ball. Mm. I said, yeah, he was a pitcher. He's like, yeah, I know. I just wasn't expecting this. He could put some mustard on it. But, you know, who knows what they're going to do as far as running back goes. I think that it would behoove them to get something on the ground. You mentioned Phillips. I it, not just for hey another guy in there, but he's young and you have him under contract control. If you really liked him moving forward, and maybe that would be one of those diamonds in the rough you have on your roster, a second-year player. You got him as an undrafted free agent in 2020, but again, hurt, not really seeing anything. So we'll see if they can get him out there for another, you know, for the final game or two or three or whatever it turns out to be. I think it would just be good to get him some live game action out there, yeah. especially if you're going to bring him back next year. And then you don't sure. have to start all over again next year because this right. – why not? Why not here through the final right. month of the season just throw all the guys out there that haven't gotten a lot of snaps and they can just get that get them under their belt? I mean, we brought up Patrick Mahomes in the first hour. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to him the year before he started. He started that final game for the Chiefs, I Looked believe, good. for Alex Smith. Yep. And then the next year it wasn't like that was the first time. That's a good point. You know, so. So the running back equivalent of that. Let's just put all saying. of our – let's make all of the running backs – well, active. if you could get Phillips out there Jaylen for a game Samuels or two. Too. Yeah, yeah. Jalen, too. And, and just see what you have. Because, look, everything in the offseason, we're going to follow it so closely, and it's all going to be a big headline, and they're going to add these running backs and whatever they do at quarterback, whatever they add there or whatever. Uh, it's going to attract a lot of attention. And I want to see them do something here with this ground game in the final few weeks. Just something. Get some positive progress. Get something moving forward so you feel like, okay, we did this going into the offseason. Kind of like a microcosm of what you want to see with Davis Mills here, which is improvement in these final four games. Continue to move forward. Yeah, and uh, David Culley said the lack of the running game, it does put pressure on quarterback Davis Mills. I was listening to... Sean and Seth this morning, they have Ross Tucker on on Tuesdays, yeah. and he's great. Yeah, he's good. He is really good. I mean, I don't know how he keeps up with all these teams, but even the questions he asks about the Texans are pretty insightful. But mm-hmm. he made a really good point. He said, in just looking at the numbers that Davis Mills put up in Sunday's game, 
he said, I just couldn't believe that they that the Texans still lost by 20. Yeah. He said 14 consecutive completions mm-hmm. plus, you know, the, the yardage that he put up, no yep. turnovers. He, it was just befuddling. And now, obviously, when you look at the ru- the rushing numbers, it kind of puts it all together in it perspective. Makes sense. And your defense gave up some explosive plays, which they had not done in recent weeks. So, mm-hmm. but you know, when you look at Davis Mills' numbers, he he played as good of a game as you could have hoped. It, it obviously started off much better than it did in the second half. But it's not just him; it's just being able to, in concert, convert a third down. In the third quarter, keep one of those drives going, drive deeper into Seattle territory, maybe just kick a field goal, make it closer. You're down six. Hey, you were down three at the half. You're down six. All of a sudden, let's see if you can make it closer, cut it to three. And then all of a sudden, hey, you're only a three pointer away from a tie and who knows what happens. Look, the Cleveland game in week two, when he came off the bench, you know, he scores and they're down three. And then the Browns drive down the field and get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. If you stop them then, the way Mills was going that day, would he have scored? What would have happened? I don't know. And it, it, these questions will never be answered. What, again, what you want to see is him continue to improve. You want to see a big leap so at least you know where you stand. You feel like you know where you stand at quarterback with him going into the offseason so you know who you need to draft, if you need to draft somebody and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and then they were discussing, like, will the Texans draft a quarterback? Mm-hmm. And it really just depends on if Davis Mills is better than whoever, whatever the next option is. But I yeah. think with Davis Mills getting all these these game reps, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I used to always say, oh, yeah, let's get a quarterback. Let's get a quarterback. But if no one is really jumping out at you, then you kind of got to go through the same rookie growing pains again with the next guy. Sure you do. And if he's not any better – you then does anybody really? You don't know, but does anybody want to go through all the aches and pains of that all over again? Where maybe maybe Davis Mills might make that jump from year one to year two because he's sort of gotten all the mistakes out of his system this year. But even so, like when you look at his numbers, I mean, the Texans they had season highs in passing yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had twenty five first downs on offense. That's the highest uh, first down, number of first downs they've had um, this year since week seventeen of the twenty twenty season, and and that was without a running game. That's without so a running that's game. That's without a running game. Well, maybe you can do something against the Jaguars on Sunday. Because with Mills, don't you feel like, look, I'm not asking him to do what Watson did as a rookie in those six games he played, those six starts or whatever it was, uh, when he laid it up. I'm not asking for that. But let's see some, you know, a multiple touchdown game, similar to what you saw against New England, but the ability to close it out, right? Andre Ware put it well. He said, I want to see a complete game production all the way through and mm-hmm. the ability to win you know winning winning last I checked is important <laughs> winning so is winning would be yeah. great uh, a lot has been put on his shoulders look he's not with the most talented team Watson came in to a team that was good you had running they backs were, you they had were receivers. a division winner yeah. the Texans were two-time division winners and he comes in and you have some weapons here and he did very well as a rookie uh, in his short stint before he got hurt. With Mills, he's coming into a completely different situation, so it's unfair to compare the two. Mm. And with Mills, the lack of turnovers overall, we talked about it, eight touchdowns, eight picks, but four of them in one game. Uh, overall, he's been doing a pretty good job of protecting the football. But again, you want to see that real output, you know, that massive output, at least in one or two of these final four games to make you say, oh, there it is. Let's go. Let's act on that going into next year. Yeah, I mean, you look at Trevor, you look at Trevor Lawrence, who was the number one overall pick. He threw four picks last week. Yeah. Four picks, and he's the number one overall pick. I mean, it's tough sledding this year for the rookies. Look at Zach Wilson. Yeah, look at Zach Wilson, because 
I got to think they're wondering, hmm, did we do the right thing here? And it's the Jets. Of course they're wondering that because they drafted Sam Darnold, right? (laughs) They went for Sam Darnold in 2018 and had to move on from him. Now they've got Zach Wilson, and I'm not saying they have to move on from Zach Wilson, and maybe it was a year early. Maybe he needed a year to get baptized in this league or whatever. I like Mike LaFleur as an offensive coordinator. With Mike White, that one game, look what they did there. And Mike White is not exactly Joe Montana. So I'm not so sure it's going to work out for them, but it might. It might. It's still early for all of these guys. Fields looked really good in spots for Chicago the other Mm -hmm. night against Green Bay, but was it a complete effort, complete game? No, hardly. It is such an uphill battle for these guys. And look, we we don't need to go over the past few years, do we? You know, when you talk about <laughs> Darnold, when you when you go back to 2015 and Mariota and Winston, you go to Goff and Wentz, and I know they're both still starting in this league, and Wentz is starting on a potential playoff team and everything, but his former team, the team that made a commitment to him from the outset, gave up on him. So it's really difficult to figure this stuff out. And you're right. You could be spinning your wheels for a long time. Well, even, I mean, with Deshaun's draft, Deshaun and Patrick Mahomes, they were not the first quarterbacks taken. I mean, they were. It's No, I know that's weird. That's, isn't that's it? why it's weird. It's like you could have a quarterback taken number one. Like the, the Texans, if they get, let's say, a top three pick mm-hmm. and they take a quarterback, there's no guarantee. Look at the Jaguars, for instance. Blake Bortles, they've taken a bunch of quarterbacks early, and it's not worked out for them. I mean, look at the two best quarterbacks taken in the last several years. And, you know, you can throw Watson in there. He's not playing right now, and who knows when he gets out there again and who it's for. Uh, But just take Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Mahomes, 10th pick in the draft. Lamar Jackson, last pick in the first round. So, listen, you know, you don't have to have a top 10 pick necessarily. It would be nice. But to your point, are any of these guys going to be all that, you know? Will I think Pickett be all that? Will Howell yeah. be all that? Will whoever, Zappy from Western Kentucky, I kind of like him. I do like that name. But, you know, I think the, the one positive for taking quarterback is, A, I mean, high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. High, yeah, high risk, high reward. But also, I think fan excitement. I mean, I, I know oh, as a sure. fan, you get excited when a team drafts a quarterback, and, and it's all fun and games until it's not, right? But you it win could, the offseason, or win the, you do well. <laughs> it, when it torpedoes badly, it could torpedo really badly. So yeah. it's like you want to avoid that as well, especially after having back-to-back losing seasons. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, next year, if if Davis Mills can, you know, get something going here in this final stretch of games, it does seem like he – I mean, I know we'd heard about it all week that he'd improved from the last time he'd started a game. It, d- it did look like he'd improved against Seattle, which is – you know, that's that's a good opponent. Especially you scored on the early. opening drive. The opening drive. That was something that even Deshaun Watson struggled exactly. with. Exactly. Exactly. You scored on the opening drive in 2019. You couldn't do that. No. Right? No, AJ you McCarron did it, and you did it against the <laughs> Chiefs. Right? That yeah. was it as yeah. far as scoring in the opening drive. Mills did it the other day against a team that was desperate to win. I loved that. He didn't score the rest of the day, though, as far as touchdowns go. You almost did with the Brandon Cooks one, but that got called back. Look, uh, just build on it. That's his first start in a while. I, I don't have to review everything. He didn't play much college football last year at Stanford. It was a half season because of COVID and all that. So he just doesn't doesn't have a lot of experience, and he's getting it right now, which is good. Yeah, it is definitely good. All right. In um, other news, Kamagruje Hill placed on the reserve COVID list, uh, and I had to read that twice. I thought it was going to say the IR. The I know. Reserve, and it wasn't. Reserve COVID. So he suffered the knee injury in Sunday's game. He's carted off the field. Everyone was really worried. And, I mean, rightfully so. He's one of the leaders on defense. It's just been a real bright spot out of, out of the free agent sign. And then you think, well, he's suffered some 
non-contact injury that's just going to be devastating to him. But David Culley has not quite ruled him out for Sunday's game at Jacksonville. I think it's pretty safe to say he's probably not going to play, but it's good news that the injury that he had was not as bad as it appeared. It appeared initially. to be really bad, and I heard the guys this morning myself, uh, they were kind of poking fun at the Texans and everybody going around <laughs> the cart and everything and acting like he was about to you die never or know, something. But you never know. You, you just never know. And if it's not as bad as originally thought, that's really cool. You know, usually Dr. Walter Lowe can go over and, you know, just touch your knee. It's like, He's like Mr. Miyagi, except in the diagnosis way. Right. He just touches it, and he's like, ACL. He just knows. Yeah. But maybe – you know, this was a little bit more complicated or whatever, and he needed to see that X-ray. Well, they, he always does anyway, X-ray and MRI, whatever he looks at. And maybe it wasn't as bad. So let's just hope that that's the case because I'd love to see him back out there on the field at some point. I would too. And, I mean, maybe uh, – is uh, were you here – did you hear Jonathan Grenard's press conference? I want to say it was last week. Uh-huh. They were they were talking to him about Kamu Gruje Hill, and he said something about Kamu, and then he sort of coughed. Like, uh, Why? About, about hopefully he's here – you know, oh, he's around oh, for a while. Oh, he should sort of, get a contract. <laughs> yeah. Like he was hinting. Oh, then he hurts his knee. Ouch! No, but he was sort of hinting that, you know, I think the guys really like playing with Kamu. And Kamu, I mean, he said it himself after he had that game against Indianapolis where he had 19 tackles. He said that everyone just thought he was a special teamer. And, you know, he's out there playing every single position at linebacker this year in Lovey Smith's defense. And <laughs> we've had him on the player show. He loves it. Oh, yeah. He loves playing at the weight that he's at and the system he's in. He feels like it's great mm-hmm. for his skill set. And even if, say, next year you get a bunch of new free agents or you draft a bunch of linebackers, and let's say he falls on the depth chart, it's he's still a great guy to have on oh, the yeah. roster. Absolutely. Just for everything Regard- that he can do. For any team. I'm really happy he was available for the Houston Texans last offseason, so let's hope he can I, stick around. And now that the rodeo is back, I really want us to <laughs> film him at the rodeo because he's from Hawaii and he – says Houston reminds him of Hawaii. And so I think that seeing him in the rodeo, like, because we described the rodeo to him and he seemed very, like, Curious. mesmerized by yeah. it. Like, what? There's food and there's rides and what? what is this? I, I kind of want to see. You know what they don't have anymore at the rodeo that I miss when I first got here to Houston, which was almost 20 years ago? Uh, I forget what they call them, but it's the women riding around on the horses with the flags to begin the night. And they ride around, and they just have these flags, and it's just so Texas. And they have cowboy hats, and they're just smiling, and they got the hats, Did we and used the to hair's have those? flowing. Did we used to have them at the Texans games, too? I don't think so. Where did maybe, they, maybe they did at I, some point. I feel but, like there was maybe we, I'd seen it but here. But when I first saw that, I thought, I'm in Texas, man. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, the, And also, the Broncos do that. The Broncos also do that. Well, they? They have a but with one in, horse. With one horse, you want like a bunch I of horses. I want a lot of horses. And I love the rodeo because, I look, I love all the rodeo events. You know, the concert is great. Whoever it's going to be, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, and by the way, they do that they so They do some great concerts. Now. They yeah. used to take a long time once they did the calf scramble. And then <laughs> you'd have a Wheel long the break, a lot of videos before they'd get the stage set. Now they can get the stage set up as they're doing the calf scramble, and they just roll the stage out. Bam, you're right into the concert. They do such an amazing job here with the roadie. I always tell my friends, you want to come visit, don't visit right. me during the season because I'm busy. Visit me during the rodeo, and we'll go to the rodeo, and you will see Texas. My brother and sister came during the rodeo one year, and they laughed at me because I was wearing cowboy boots because I'm not from Texas. And I said, don't. These are like tennis shoes here. Yeah. Like, you can wear them anywhere, right. any time of year. Right. They get to the rodeo, and they, they got it. They totally, they, they got, totally it. got it. Oh, yeah. You get it instantly because when I moved here, 
everyone joked on the East Coast, you know, Miami and all my other <laughs> East Coast friends were like, oh, you're going to get some cowboy boots. I'm like, no way. I'm not going to do that. It's not like that there. You're very comfortable. And then six months after I live here, cowboy boots. Yeah, because every year there's a Go Texan day. There's always rodeo. You, got, you, you, you have need, to have a pair of cowboy boots. Now, I don't have the really expensive kind. I did not I do don't that. either. I didn't do the snake skin or what, ostrich, whatever it is. Whatever animal you put on the boot or you make the boot out of. I just got some uh, less expensive ones because I only wear them once a year. Yeah, same. Same. And Bun B is performing this year. Wait, was, same for you? You bought inexpensive shoes? I bought shoes? them so long ago, and they're mm. really comfortable. They're really I just bought them over across the street at Cavenders. They're okay. so comfortable, I thought, I can't. What's there to upgrade? You're right. You only wear them once a year, so what are we doing with this? This is very practical for you. I'm proud of you for being so practical for a change with, with any kind of clothing. I really item. want a black pair, but okay, you know, it's also it's also been canceled the last two years, so I was on the verge of getting a black pair to go it's with It's going to happen. It's, it's probably... Very you can go shopping with Tremont. <laughs> we could. We could. Maybe we should do an off-season shopping trip mm-hmm. with players that need boots. I'll go, too. Um, also, you know, with, with Kamu being placed on the COVID list, 36 players around the league on the COVID list. How about that? So I the have Texans, theories. You have theories? You All right. We've got theory. some rule changes, and we I have theories as well. So okay. let's take a break. We come back. Let's talk about what's going on in the NFL, and we'll get into the Jags a little bit. It's and all coming Dr. up. Dr. Vandermeer and will <laughs> give you his COVID theory. Yeah. Th- this is a... Uh, for his opinion only. Uh. <laughs> it's all coming up on Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. You've got a lot going on. So how do you find time to take care of you? At Houston Methodist, we work around your busy life. There's same-day primary care appointments, online scheduling to see our world-class specialists, access to all your records through my chart, and video visits 24-7 if you need urgent care. Bringing you Houston Methodist's expertise wherever, whenever you need it. Visit HoustonMethodist.org to find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist. Leading medicine. Leading medicine. Keep up with the Houston Texans everywhere you go. Download the Texans mobile app. Welcome back to Texans All Access. And uh, right before the break, we were discussing the high number of COVID cases that just erupted across the NFL yeah. starting Monday. And then even this morning, right now, uh, 36 players on the reserve COVID list. Um, the Rams, they've had to close their training facility. Wow. They've entered the NFL's intensive protocols. Adam Schefter tweeted that a little bit earlier today. And then also the Cleveland Browns, they have uh, eight players that they placed mm. on the on the list. And they have a game Saturday. So that's – it's yeah, it's it's going to be it, – it's going to be um, – diving into the depth chart for them. But, Mark, you said you had a theory. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is actually the highest number since the list was created in 2020. So you've got 25 players that are on the active roster, 11 on practice squad Mm -hmm. throughout the league that cannot play this week. All right, so here are the possibilities for you. One is a lot of people got vaxxed whenever, right, six months ago or more, and maybe things wear off over time. Maybe. I'm just saying that. Okay, because that's why you would need a booster. Otherwise, you'd never need a booster. I'm vaccinated for life. Right. Like polio. It doesn't work that way with this. It wears off. Right. It wears Mm -hmm. off. So it's more like a flu shot than an actual vaccine. But whatever the case is. So people are getting their boosters now. And the league, as everyone read yesterday, the league is requiring all the tier one and tier two people, players and staff tier two us to be boosted by, what is it, December 27th? December 27th, yeah. yes. So everyone's got to be boosted. But players are not required to get boosted because they kind of fall under that NFLPA umbrella. Right. 
So but, this is just staff and people that are around the players. They yeah. don't want the players getting – it's okay if the players get COVID from each other, but they definitely don't want people like me and you giving the players COVID. I think most of the players, <laughs> if not all, who are vaxxed are going to get boosted. You know, if you if you got vaxxed, you probably don't have a problem with the right. booster. You know, I know some but people that being have said, problems. But that being said, like, I, I got the vaccination, and mm-hmm. I was debating about the booster. Mm-hmm. I was debating about it because I thought, well – we're near the end of the season. Right. We'll get through the season, mm-hmm. and then we'll see. And maybe I'll wait until the full year right? and then see what happens with the vaccine because yeah. I don't want to get a booster. And then, you know, like I just thought maybe once a year would be enough. But obviously with this mandate, you don't really have a choice yet. I mean, I didn't have super strong feelings one way or the other. Right. So I'll get the booster. My only thing was I've heard people feeling sick and not themselves. Well, did you get sick from the vaccine? I mean, just for a little bit the next day. A little I did. bit. I can't Wait, remember. We had two, though, right? You did the I Moderna had, or uh, the Pfizer? I did the Moderna, and I can't remember which one I felt. I can't remember if it was after the first or the second, but someone told me they're like, just be prepared the next day to be in bed. Uh-huh. And I remember dropping off my kids at school, and I, I just th- said, I'm going to come home and take a little nap. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I woke up nine hours later. Well, I since I had COVID last year, over a year ago now, and bad okay i wasn't in the hospital or anything but i had it bad yeah since i had it i was thinking i'm not gonna get vaxxed because i had covid right but i got vaxxed because otherwise i wouldn't be able to do my job and i I didn't i'm not an anti-vaxxer but i was thinking why get vaxxed well you probably had had the antibodies it was pretty fresh yeah get the first vax i get sick right for a couple of days then i get the second vax and it's not as bad, but it's, I definitely felt it. So I already feel like I've had COVID three times. <laughs> and now i got to get boosted. Now you're going to get it a fourth time. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, great. You know, So I'm going to pick the right day. Since I have a 10-day period here, 10-day window, I'm going to pick the right day. I don't want to be... I don't want to get it on a Monday because then on Tuesday I'm not going to feel that great. Right. Maybe I don't want to self-profess or, or you know self-proclaim and and uh, or self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, I don't want to make that happen. So maybe I'll get it on Tuesday and feel whatever I'm going to feel on a Wednesday. It's like I don't which, know. We'll which day do you want to feel crappy on? And yeah. I could not pick a day because I thought. You Usually you get it on the weekend, so I was like, I get it on Friday. Off then, season, I'll t- <laughs> the off season. That's why I was pushing into the end. But then you know, in the off season, we don't get COVID tested every week. No, so but it's yeah, less but, dire. Like now, you don't want to get COVID because even if you're asymptomatic, you're going to know you have COVID. I was hoping to slide through the season without too. having to get boosted, but you know, it is what boosted. it is. I mean, we'll 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 deal with it. These I are, mean, I have like my brother is the biggest. Like, oh my gosh, they're taking over the world. All right, whatever. I know it's a it's probably a really good year financially to you know be to sure. own Pfizer stock. I get it. I understand these things. But at the same time, you know, how many, 60% of the country has been vaxxed. And oh, most yeah. of them are still alive. Well, my mom, my mom is a big, my mom does not want to get vaccinated. She, we, she, we made her get vaccinated under duress because we're like, you're older. <laughs> you live up north. You did? Yeah, she, you know what? And she wanted to, my dad, to tell us that she got vaccinated and lied to us. She's like, they'll never know. But uh, we were going to ask for proof. Oh, my gosh, you were? She, she, yeah, she. You are tough kids. Because she's, she tries to weasel her way out of things. She's very homeopathic and very like, oh, I'll just have some turmeric in my milk. My dad is 88 and lived through World War II and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, in, in Europe, okay, right. in Stormtrooper, Nazi-occupied the Netherlands, my dad was like a 10, 12-year-old kid, okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to get the vaccine, big deal. 
Oh, know? really? And okay. he's fine. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's got the booster, too. He's like, whatever. Well, my mom could not work in this job because there's no way. I, I got her to get the two vaccines, and there's no way that she'd get a booster. So I guess it's good that, you know, she, mm-hmm. she, she, she doesn't really do much or go out anywhere. So it's totally fine. Uh, all right, so the Jaguars, the losing streak in Nashville. I was looking up some facts on them. They have not won in Nashville in eight years. Oh my god. Isn't that crazy? So the, so the Jaguars they've they've lost in Nashville. They not only that they got shut out and now this week they've got the Texans and this is a big game for the Jaguars. I feel like for Urban Meyer mm-hmm. and for what happens because the owner Shad Khani came into town. Oh boy. He talked to the, him and you know, if the losing doesn't get turned around, if they don't get a big win here, it could they, this could be the end of the Urban Meyer era. And he, that's a very Quick. patient patient owner. Oh yeah. on top of everything I mean, else. He re-upped with Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell when at a time where I thought, are you serious? You're doing that to your fans? You know, they went, they ran it back with those guys when they really hadn't done anything except for the 2017 year. So that I earned, was, that's what earned them the next few years. I think that bought them a lot of time. But it was four years. Year. Yeah. yeah, the 20. So it bought. So Doug Marone four years, mm-hmm. and Gus Bradley also four years. Well, so. Gus Bradley back in the day, yeah, he was there for a while, and uh, one of his wins was against the Texans in 2013 when when Kubiak got fired the next day. Look, uh, Shad Khan to me seems like a real great guy. Uh, he was very nice to us, entertaining us uh, in the suite when we saw Fulham play during the Texans trip to London a couple of years back. But this is difficult. I mean, that story was not flattering, to say the least, Mm-mm. for Urban Meyer. The thing that doesn't make sense to me is, didn't he hire these coaches <laughs> that he's saying, allegedly? Allegedly, yes. That he's saying are losers or whatever, or and defend all... your resume. I'm like, didn't you review their resume when you hired them? <laughs> Just for Did you not have a look at that? Like, you know, where have you been? I looked up your wiki page, uh, Brian Schottenheimer, and it says here you were in Seattle and with the Jets. with Charlie Mark Strong Sanchez. was there. I mean, there was like, well, you know, Charlie Strong, goes... and he goes back with him, you know. Right. So, but honestly, uh, all kidding aside, when he made these hires, I was surprised because I thought when Urban Meyer came into the league, it was going to be very Kingsbury-ish and uh-huh. very innovative and college, intricate, fun, different, high-flying, air raid, whatever the heck he was going to do was going to be different than the old guard NFL. And not that Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer are old guard, but they kind of are. They're established they are. NFL yeah. coaches, right? So I thought – are they going to run his system? Is he just going to let them do what they want? I didn't get it. And now I see that it's not working, and no big surprise there that they needed to do something else. Trevor Lawrence is obviously a heck of a prospect, but I warned everybody about this too. You know, you need talent around the guy. You need to develop him, and so far it doesn't look like it's happening. Now he might – I don't know if he's going to torch the Texans on Sunday or not – but so far, it's not working out as well as they wanted, for sure. Well, they're also, I mean, we talk about the Texans struggling in the run. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, the Jaguars are really struggling. And they've got eight James carries, Robinson. Yeah, eight carries for eight yards total. Total. James what? Robinson, I mean, they they only gave him the ball four times. And this is their bell cow oh, yeah. running back. He rushed for over 1,000 yards uh-huh. as a rookie. He's And even if you look at the Jaguars in rushing, Across the league, they, they're 11th in the NFL in rushing yards. They're averaging 102 yards per game, and that's with this eight-yard game. So it's it's really wow. perplexing to me that you <laughs> would not run the ball. Like the Texans, they cannot run the ball. They're having struggles mm-hmm. running the ball. But the Jaguars, when they run the ball, they do well. And against Tennessee, 
when they played them the first time, they ran it for 198 yards. 11th in the NFL. DB, 11th. if the Texans were 11th in the NFL in rushing, how many wins would they have? I say six. It's it's you it, have two. Well, their defense is also not as good as the Texans defense. Right, They're but last with the Texans defense with Davis Mills not turning the ball over. If you were eleventh in running, that means your third downs are shorter. You have thir- more third and twos instead of third and twelve or whatever the heck we're seeing here. Six might be a little too high, but I'm saying Miami, the Jets, mm-hmm. maybe you finish off New England. There's three right there. You know, and maybe you get another maybe, one. Yeah, Cleveland, New England. Possibly. Possibly. Right. I think that you have at least five wins total right now if you're able to run the football good for 11th in the league in rushing. That's saying something for the Jags. And you said it with that eight-yard game thrown in. Now, I haven't looked at all the schematics of that, the, the way it played out with the Titans. I know that Trevor Lawrence threw four picks, but I'm not completely prepped for the Jags yet for this week. But I'm betting that third downs were not exactly – you know, going at a good clip for them. Mm. So maybe you run it one, run it twice. Uh, it's third and whatever. We didn't make it. We go three and out a couple of times. We throw a pick. Before you know it, you're in the second half and you start to feel desperate. You get out of your ground game. Yeah, you know, I, that's how it happens. I, I feel like they're going to try to bounce back with the ground game this week. And James Robinson was hurt for a, a portion of time there. He had some fumbles and he got benched a few times by mm. Urban Meyer. So it's just not, I mean, it's just not going well as far as the run game. But eight carries for eight yards. I mean, we've never seen it. We've seen some pretty low numbers this year, but that that's a new low, and that's so wildly inconsistent. I just I can't figure out what is going on with the run game, but uh, that's that's for the Jags to figure out, and we'll see what happens on Sunday. All right, let's take a break. We're going to go around the NFL. One of Mark's favorite teams um, has, a, has an opinion on hard knocks. Ooh. So, yeah, and it's, a, it's an opinion that we've all, we've all, we've all heard, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get into that. But first, when you join a Houston Texans fan club for free, you get to – Attend exclusive events. You can enter to win prizes like autographed items and game tickets, receive special offers, and so much more. Visit HoustonTexans.com slash fans to see which one you want to join. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, one final segment of Texans All Access. Can't get enough Texans radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. Hi, I'm Sharon Mayberry, President and CEO of Mayberry Homes Incorporated. So today we have built over 450 houses and uh, Amity Bank has been responsible for well over 300 houses. So we're very happy to say that they were a big part of that. We're here to do what's right. We're here to provide affordable housing. And along with Amazon Bank, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to take and do as much as we can. This is my family, this is my business, and this is my bank. Amogee Bank, Zions Bank Corporation, and a member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. When Sandra doesn't talk to a mattress firm sleep expert, junk sleep presses the wrong buttons in her brain. And Sandra presses the wrong buttons in the elevator, <gasps> leading to a dreadful journey for her and the accountants now headed up to floor 42. Seven, eight, nine. While Sandra avoids eye contact, let's reflect on how a better mattress would have led to real sleep. If you need real sleep, head to Mattress Firm and unjunk your sleep today. Unjunk. Your favorite team is all over social media. Give the Houston Texans a follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or TikTok. Welcome back. Texans All Access rolls on. Calling all teachers. Have the Houston Texans come to your PE class and taught the fundamentals of NFL flag football to your students? All who register can have a chance to win a flag football kit for the whole class. Visit HoustonTexans.com slash flag 
to register. All right, Mark, before the break, uh, mm-hmm. hard knocks mm-hmm. in season for the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know. Have you watched any of this? Uh, some of it, yes. I watched... But it depresses me because it's yeah. the Colts <laughs> and some of it was against the Texans. Yeah. No, but I have watched it. Yeah. I actually haven't watched any of it. I did watch, what? I think it's episode four. Okay. The one where they, I wanted to watch the week where they came here. I wanted to see yeah. if we were in it, but I couldn't even make it through the whole episode because it was so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> they showed a lot of T.Y. Hilton highlights and oh, then they brought him to I the know. front of the meeting room and. Oh, it's so exciting to play meaningful football in December, blah, blah, blah. So Yeah, that um, is depressing, right? It was, it was depressing. And it's the Colts, so and it's it was even more depressing. It was even more depressing. Well, mm-hmm. uh, New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick indicated that the series, it might be worth something for his team's prep ahead of Saturday night's game against the Colts. Um, he says, quote, we track most everything any team that we play does, and uh, we have somebody that studies each team. Any relevant comments or information that we think is relevant to the preparation could be shared. Sure. Well, you this know, is something that we, we definitely knew. We knew because we knew. Bill we... O'Brien used to tell us <laughs> this is what they do. And he was very careful about, you know, we didn't want us to show certain things about practice or whatever. And I get that. Are you kidding? One time, I don't mind telling this story now. This happened back in 2014 sure. or something. One time we had Arian Foster doing a jet sweep or yep. whatever. And, and it was during the open portion of practice yeah, during, it was shooting, during, during yeah. the shooting period. So that was just a screw-up between maybe the coaches not knowing that that was open or maybe PR at the time not knowing that they shouldn't have let the cameras roll during that, whatever the case was. But we, I think we were maybe the only ones shooting practice. It was later in the season. I think George Gotzi's father spotted it first on our website, and we oh, just no. removed it. But, you know, whatever. They might have seen that. It's not like it was the end of the world. But it was a good lesson for everybody that you're going to show things and other teams are going to be exploring what you're doing mm-hmm. uh, on your website and through all media. And he just admitted that they do that. Belichick did. And that's what O'Brien was saying for years. And I get it. You know, you don't want to reveal too much. Right. But- I keep talking about the Driscoll cat. I haven't seen them do that. All right. I want to be very <laughs> clear. OK, Urban Meyer, this is for you. I haven't seen them do the Driscoll cat. I'm joking. You I'd could just put cat at the end of any player's name. Sure. Traymond cat. Like I had the Titus cat earlier. Had... <laughs> no, I had the wild, wild Ingram. Titus. You had the wild Ingram the and the wild, wild Titus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're just making up. Th- but you know what? That's great because you could probably throw other teams off. They'd have to prepare for even yeah. more stuff. Meyer right now is saying, all right, we need an offensive lineman to, li- to line up <laughs> as, a, as a quarterback, <laughs> running gonna... back type person to take a direct snap. Okay, but but to to the other point of view, mm-hmm. on the first episode of the Colts Hard Knocks series, which I have not seen this first episode, I was reading about this, uh, the Colts were getting ready to face the Jags, and Frank Reich said that he 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 was talking about this in Hard Knocks that Urban Meyer made a quote interesting press conference comment that the Jags were evolving into a zone based look in the secondary, so sort of implying that Reich saw that. And mm-hmm. then they used that in their game prep. So, and, wow. and and that's Urban Meyer just saying in a press conference. And that was in the show. And that was in the show. Because the game had already been played by the time the show aired. Sure. Those Hard Knocks guys are sworn Ooh. to secrecy. And they were in this very room where we sit right now in this Hyundai Tech It was all studio. TV screens right where it I'm was. sitting. Yes. And I've, I've made this point before that you couldn't get into this room if you tried. It was like a cockpit door from an, you know an airliner. You could not get in here because... They knew that you would see what was going on in meeting rooms and everything. Total eavesdropping. Believe me, I would have loved to be in this room. I would 
have loved to see some of the footage that landed on the cutting room floor. Are you like, kidding? Should, All of it. Shouldn't they release that to you after so many years? Like, that entire coaching staff is gone. Like, those players are all gone. Why I was once in Rick now? Smith's office, and he literally looked up at the camera and said, guys, this is not, not for the show, <laughs> nothing. I'm like, what are we doing here? But if somebody said that and I was in control center, I would immediately start listening more. It's like of when course. you tell your kids, like, right. start whispering, and then, like, my kids will hear anything if I'm whispering. Oh, I could yeah. be screaming at the top of my lungs. They won't hear me. <laughs> but as soon as I whisper, they're like. <laughs> that is so they true. Hear, they, they, they come and Get ask. Get to bed. <laughs> but you're like, Deaf. I think. And then you know what I hear? I think yeah. Yeah. They, oh, they, they, come, they come running into the room. That's if so I whisper. funny. Yeah. That's so true. That's what I would do. Anyway, all right. That's going to do it for Texans All Access. We got coming up next, John Harris with Texans replay i'm sure he's got some good davis oh, Mills no, t- tonight's a good one it's it's always good john mark always says this but no, tonight no. he does a tremendous <laughs> a job night. with this show it's not just about the last week's game he finds other things to replay and relive and they're really cool and look, they looking are. forward as they well are. all right mark and if you want to attend a home game at energy stadium single game tickets are still available for remaining home games visit houstontexans.com slash tickets for more that's going to do it for texans all access thanks so much for listening stay tuned for texans replay up next This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Hey, Texans fans. This season, Texans touchdowns aren't just big. They're jumbo. That's right. When your Houston Texans score two touchdowns during a game, you'll score a free jumbo jack with a large drink purchase at Jack in the Box the very next day. That means this season, your offense is playing hungry. So whether it's a home game or an away game, be sure to get loud and root on your offense. Don't be afraid to work up an appetite. Free burgers are on the line. So let's hear it, fans. Let's go Texans and let's go Jack.